In the Gospel reading, Mary, the mother of Jesus, along with Jesus and his disciples, were invited guests at a wedding in Canaan and Galilee. During the wedding reception, the wine ran out, and Jesus performs the first of his miracles in Galilee. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the second chapter. Let us stand. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rite of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw, out, uh, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This was the first of his signs. Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Well, the text this morning tells us that, um, that there was a wedding in Cana in Galilee. Uh, we don't know where Cana was. Uh, the one possible place is, is a place about nine miles from Nazareth. Jesus was from, from Cana, but was from Galilee. Uh, Nazareth was in Galilee, and Cana was in Galilee, about nine miles, we think, between uh, Nazareth and, and Cana. And there was a wedding there, and Mary was invited, and Jesus was invited, and his disciples were invited. Now, it may have been a, a, family, a family friend, a family member, the child of a neighbor. We don't know, but there was a wedding and Jesus went. Now, when you read the, the story as the, reading, as the introduction to this pointed out, this incident is not about the wedding. It's about the wedding reception. The story is not about the, the religious part. There's nothing said about the religious part. This is about the social part. This is about the wedding reception where Jesus went. Now, in those days, a wedding reception lasted about seven days. If you have a daughter or plan to have a daughter getting married, be glad you live in the 21st century. Because now the reception just lasts a few hours. Those lasted seven days. And we know now how long the reception was going on before the wine ran out. We can ask, why did the wine run out? Well, maybe it was poor planning. Maybe they had a small budget. Maybe there was too much drinking. Maybe there were uninvited guests. However it happened, the wine ran out, and this became a social disaster. 
I mean, why is it that women make more food than you can ever eat? Because you don't want to run out. And this is a social disaster in the making. And Mary asked Jesus what he was going to do, and he, he saved the reception. He turned the water into wine, and he kept the party going. Now, we don't know how he did it. Maybe John didn't know how he did it. Now, the guys who worked there, they knew how he did it. It doesn't matter how he did it. I don't understand how he did it. But what we read is that in this wonderful event, the disciples of Jesus saw something in him that they hadn't seen before. It said they saw his glory. They saw his power. They saw something about him that was new. And on seeing that, they believed in him. My favorite explanation of this miracle is the man who once said, I don't know if Jesus can turn water into wine, but I do know he can turn beer into furniture. You have to think about that. He can turn beer into furniture. When we lived on Bali, we had a car and a driver. I wouldn't drive there. And uh, our driver was a wonderful Christian man named Wyon Swinton. And one day we were driving back from church, and I had preached on this text. And uh, Wyon said, you know, Pastor, he said, there's a guy in my village who turned a cow into a motorcycle. Well, how do you think he did that? He sold the cow, and he bought a motorcycle. Now, turning beer into furniture, how did that happen? Well, that was said by an alcoholic who was drinking up all of his money. And then one day, one day he met Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ turned his life around. And the money he once spent on beer, he now spent on furniture. I don't know if Jesus can turn water into wine, but I do know that Jesus can turn beer into furniture, and he can. One of the discussions that's going on in this church, this new wonderful church, is what are we about? There's a series of meetings going on. What should this church do? What should it be? I've not gone to those. I don't want to interject my opinions except this one. It seems to me that one of the, the primary purpose of this church is to help people turn beer into furniture. Primary purpose of this church is to bring men and women and boys and girls to the foot of the cross so that Jesus Christ can turn their lives around. As people look at the church from the outside today, what they see is a social welfare club. People who are not in the church look at the church, and what they see is a bunch of do-gooders feeding the poor, filling food baskets, building homes. All that stuff is wonderful. But the world thinks that's what we're about. 
we do that stuff, but it's not what we're about. What we're about is helping people turn beer into furniture. What we're about is keeping people out of the darkness and out of the ditch. And bringing men and women and boys and girls to the foot of the cross. And so as this church sets its priorities, I hope that's the number one thing on the list. If you read the book of Acts, I invite you to do that. What you see what the church was doing was simply preaching Christ crucified, raised from the dead, forgiveness of sins. That's what we're about. Now, I want to get back to the story. Because what I want to point out about this miracle is that Jesus went to the party. Jesus kept the party going. Jesus had a life. Usually, the Bible talks about Jesus preaching and teaching and healing, and he did all of that. But he did other stuff. He had a life. Now, let me give you an example about what it means to have a life. When I was uh, serving in Rogers, six day, I'm not bragging now, six days a week, I was at the church at 6 o'clock in the morning because the phone started to ring at 8 o'clock and I couldn't get anything done. So uh, about 8.30 or so, I would say to the family, well, I'm going to bed. It's 8.30. And our son Mike, when he was home, he would say, Dad, Dad, get a life. You're going to bed at 8 o'clock. Go to get a life, Dad. Life is more than working. You just don't go back and forth at the church all the time. Get a life for yourself. But what I want to say is that Jesus had a life. He did more than preach and teach and heal. Jesus also had a social life. And you don't see it very much in the New Testament, but there is one wonderful place where you see it, and that's in the 11th chapter of uh, the 11th chapter of, uh, of Matthew. Now, this takes place where John the Baptist has been arrested, and Jesus is talking about John, about John the Baptist. And here's what he said. Jesus said, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. See, John the Baptist, John the Baptist was an ascetic. John the Baptist didn't have a life. Remember John the Baptist? He ate locusts and wild honey. When he was growing up, his mother always said to him, John, you don't get any honey till you eat all your locusts. <laughs> he, wore, he wore camel skin. You have to wonder if the guy smelled. He's not the kind of guy you'd like your kids to follow. John was an ascetic. He was tough. He preached repentance, and he, he, he had no mercy on people. And John didn't have a life, so they said of him, John came neither eating nor drinking. John didn't go to parties. John didn't have a social life, and they drew this conclusion. He has a demon. I mean, if you don't have a life, if, if you don't go to parties, if you don't eat and drink with everybody else, there's something wrong with you. And then Jesus says, but the Son of Man, I, 
I come eating and drinking. Yes, I eat with people, I drink with people. And you say of me, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. You see, Jesus did what they say John the Baptist should have done. And instead of congratulating them, they said to him, he's a glutton, he's a drunkard, and he's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Now, the second part of that is exactly right. It's still true to this day. Jesus Christ is a friend of tax collectors and sinners. He's a friend of those who are living in the ditch. And he wants to get their lives out of the ditch. The first part was a lie. Jesus was not a glutton. He didn't eat too much. He was not a drunkard. He didn't drink too much. But he had enough of a social life that people could, could accuse him of that. Jesus Christ, our Lord, had a life. He had a social life. And when the wine ran out at this wedding, what did he do? He kept the party going because he saw that kind of partying as an important part of human life. Over the years, the church has forgotten if it ever knew about that side of the life of Jesus. The church has usually painted Jesus as another John the Baptist as another angry guy yelling at people for their sins. In all the pictures I've seen of the wedding in Cana in Galilee, the paintings, you never see a picture of the party. The picture you usually see is Jesus standing by Mary with these big water pots. You never see a picture of the party. We don't want to show Jesus at a party. Of all the pictures of our Lord Jesus Christ that I've ever seen, I've only seen one picture with Jesus smiling. Have you ever seen a picture of Jesus Christ smiling? We don't do that. We make him kind of stern or, or, or blank. And we say with that, Jesus didn't have a life. And what gets passed on to young people, if Jesus didn't have a life, then we don't have a life either. How many of you have ever met a sourpussed pastor? Oh, I see the heads going up and down. The sourpussed pastor who got the message out that Christians don't have fun. If you're having fun, it must be a sin. And then you wonder why the young people leave the church. Well, they get this picture of, of the Christian life as something dull and boring and not fun and not interesting. Without a life. But that's not the Christian life at all. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, Look, I came that you should have life and have it, what's the word? Abundantly. 
It'd be a great life. And it's going to include fun. It's going to include a good time. We can do that. And it's not sin. Now, Jesus had a good time. But the life of Jesus, like the life of every Christian, had limits. He never went into the ditch. But the life lived within the Christian limits is a wonderful life. Jesus was not a glutton. But that did not diminish his quality of life. He was not a drunkard. That did not diminish the quality of his life. He was not an adulterer. He was not a fornicator. That did not diminish the quality of his life. He didn't lie. He didn't steal. He didn't cheat. That did not diminish the quality of his life. He went to church regularly. That added to the quality of his life. He prayed regularly. That added to the quality of his life. And in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, we see what the abundant life looks like. He went to parties. He had a good time. He enjoyed people. I had a good friend in Rogers, belonged to my church in Rogers, Bob Kokendorfer. Uh, Bob Kokendorfer was a banker, really a smart guy. And he said this once at a men's Bible study. The joy of the Christian life is that it enables you to have your life under control. Isn't that wonderful? The joy of the Christian life is that it enables you to have your life under control. It's not a dreary trip through a dry desert. It's an abundant life but it's a life under control. So remember this. Once upon a time, there was a wedding in Cana in Galilee. And Jesus went. Amen. Amen.